Hashim Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. If you want to join us tonight, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Let's keep the football conversation rolling, Abdallah, and let's start with this. Did you see earlier today, SI is reporting that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are working on a contract extension worth $11 million per year for five years. Uh, there seems to be a, a part of this conversation that Michigan wants to get in writing that Jim Harbaugh will not pursue an NFL job in this coaching cycle. That's from SI earlier today. So as a Bears fan, that, that's a, a notable item as we get started here on the show because I think if a lot of Bears fans had a pick of a coach to be the next guy to lead the Chicago Bears, I would imagine that's the name that would pop up the most if we went out and we pulled people here in the city of Chicago. I would imagine that would be the top name that would hit if you said, who do you want to coach the Bears next season? I would, I would imagine Jim Harbaugh would be number one. Yeah, he's my number one um, because I think he brings a winning culture that uh, the Bears have been missing. Um, I think that he brings someone that if you know they lose games, like let's say Sunday goes the way the last game against the Lions went, right? Like Justin plays well, he's got over 100 yards rushing, the game plan is working, and then the defense lets them down at the end, and they lose the game. Or there's a, you know, a poorly called timeout or going for like an in-game situation that you're like, this guy just hasn't learned, right? And they decide to keep Justin Fields but move on from the coaching staff. I feel like Jim Harbaugh, be based on his track record of working with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and you know developing quarterbacks at uh, the way J.J. McCarthy's come along at, uh, at Michigan, I feel like I would feel comfortable with him, with Justin Fields, or even with a new quarterback. You know, If he comes in here um, and they just completely wipe the slate clean, they move on from Justin, they find a trade partner, they move on from him, and he says, you know, even if he doesn't want J.J. McCarthy, if he comes in and says, you know what, I really like Bo Nix, or I really like Drake May, I would feel comfortable with Jim Harbaugh bringing in his style of football, like a more 49ers style of football where it's, you know, smash mouth type football, tough nose defense, which is what they're, they're playing right now under Matt Eberflus. But I think we can all, like, everyone can agree that Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Matt Eberflus, right? That's how I would vote. Yeah, and I, I think would agree with you there. If you're looking at the money right now, Jim Harbaugh is the 14th highest paid uh, coach, or 13th, sorry, 13th highest paid coach in college football. He's behind James Franklin, Lane Kiffin, Josh Heupel, Mark Stoops, Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, Mel Tucker, Ryan Day, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, and of course the mountaintop is the $11.4 million man, Nick Saban. And this deal would put him ahead of Dabo Sweeney at $10.9 million because he'd be getting around $11 million. So he would be just under Nick Saban. So my question would be, is it is it going to be for Jim Harbaugh about the money? Or does he really have that football itch, that NFL itch, to come back and try to win in the NFL? Because he never won a Super Bowl. His brothers got that over him. And I would say that he's always flirted to coming back with the NFL. He's obviously never actually done it. And it's going to be like, again, I don't know if the money matters to him rather than winning a Super Bowl in the NFL or even more so coaching in the same chair 
that Mike Ditka coached in, you know, roaming the same sidelines that Mike Ditka roamed. Like, that has been reported to us that he really appreciates the history of the NFL and would love to be the, the head coach of the Bears. I think this. Look at the whole situation. Now, if the Bears do decide to move off of Matt Eberflus, that's that's a separate conversation, separate segment, separate show, right? Yeah. Like, we, we can debate whether or not that needs to happen. Uh, also, the, the idea, you know, I think you and I both are leaning towards we like the Bears this weekend. We think there's a chance they can put a run together here in the final five games. If they do so, will they even be looking for a new head coach? Yeah. I don't know if that's even in the conversation. If the Bears find a way to seven or eight wins, they got to do a lot of winning here in the final month. But it's possible. It's on the table. You know, when I, when I look at that and I say, okay, what if we know the Bears are moving off of Matt Eberflus? You know, like the one thing that I keep coming back to is I don't want a first-time head coach again. I know throughout NFL history, you can yell at your radio and tell me all the different names as a first-time guy who's been having success now, mm-hmm. who's had success in the past, and, and how it, it's worked out for many teams. You know, look at Miami. Seems to be working out. They have a first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. Things seem to be rolling for the Dolphins. I just feel at this time for this franchise, I'm sick of having guys in the spot who don't know how to handle the spot. Yeah. And that, that's like how I feel it's been perceived that Eberflus has kind of approached this in the last two seasons, whether it be in-game situations, looking uncomfortable in front of the media, however, however you want to kind of chop it up. I'm sick of seeing the Bears hire guys who don't have a plan, who haven't done it before. And I think equally, you can give me names of first-time coaches. You could also equally give me names of guys who coached in the NFL, maybe bounced to college, and then bounced back and have had success. Pete Carroll Mm -hmm. has had a lot of success with the Seahawks. So I, I think if we focus back to Jim Harbaugh, you know, in his run with Michigan, it's been touch and go. Because if we go back eight years ago, the thought on, on Jim and his coaching style was exactly what Abdallah laid out. Hard-nosed defense, they run the football, he gets the most out of his quarterbacks, and he's a winner. And that's what he did at Stanford, and it's what he did with the 49ers. And when he got to Michigan, he was doing that, he just wasn't winning the big game, mm-hmm. right? And it, and it all kind of turned as we went from 2019, the Wolverines go 9-4, and four, into the 2020 shortened season where the Wolverines go two and four. And what happened? Jim had to give money back. He took a pay cut to stay at Michigan. Yeah. And the big story was that it's time for Michigan football to move on because he can't win the big game. And what has he done since then? 2021, 2022, 2023. He's gone 12 and two. 13 and 1 and right now his team is undefeated heading into the college football playoff and most importantly for Michigan fans he's gone 3 and 0 against Ohio State. He's won the big games. Yeah. He's won the national title. He hasn't yet. He has a chance this season. He's proven that he was able to get it done. He's been at Michigan for 9 seasons. Mm-hmm. This guy can coach. He can flat out coach. I like his style. He's a little eccentric, a little weird, a little strange. I don't care. I want a tough football team 
for my Chicago Bears. And that's exactly the type of team that he coaches. And so, like, that's where I see something like this. And Michigan's trying to get him under contract and to agree, do not interview in this NFL coaching cycle because teams will hire him this time. Oh, yeah. Last time when he was in the cycle, it was like, Michigan's kind of okay. Can they win the big game? He's kind of weird. He says all these strange things, and then they went on. You know, that's why the Minnesota thing fell apart. I think he's a really good head coach. I think if the Bears do look for that guy to be the next head coach, he should be the guy. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I I would like him to take over this football team. I would not give him complete personnel control. You know, like I wouldn't make him GM and coach. I think that that's something that is is way too hard to do uh obviously ryan pulse currently has a job uh so i mean but he's gonna have say right like i want him to be in the selection process of the quarterback i want him to be in the selection process of of a lot of the guys it doesn't mean he's going to be you know figuring out the entire roster but your head coach and your gm can work together to try to figure it out especially when a guy like uh, like harbaugh comes in even if, if they decide to move on from Fields and he goes, fine, that's fine. Move on from Fields, whatever. And let me help pick the quarterback. Like, he absolutely should. I also think that, you know, depending on what happens in the uh, college football playoff, he'll be available to interview before any coach in the NFL. There's a new rule in the NFL. You have to wait a little bit longer to interview assistants and coaches and all that kind of stuff. It kind of evened the playing field. Well, for teams that are still participating in the playoffs. Yeah. So you need so he would be first available. Like assuming they lose to Alabama in the first round, guess what? He's available January second to take phone calls, to meet, to do whatever you want to. And I don't know if the Bears are going to have their decision by then. I think they will before the Packers game. Um, but if they do choose to move on, like I think that's what's holding up this deal. Like I'm wondering if this you can't go to the NFL is if hey if we get word that you're going to get hammered for these cheating allegations by the NCAA. Guess what? You got to deal with it, and you can't bolt for the NFL the way Pete Carroll might have bolted USC. You know, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo uh, is also reporting almost the same exact thing that SI was reporting earlier today that the extension would be about eleven million per year. Uh, but then uh, Wetzel is also saying that there's a lot of work to be done between Michigan and Harbaugh, whether or not they're going to come to an agreement. Curtis in New Mexico, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Curtis? Yes. Hello? Hello. Hello, Curtis, New Mexico. You're yeah. on the air. How you doing? We're good. Hey, um, yeah, I'm just uh, going to echo the exact same thing you guys basically said about Harbaugh. I'd love to see him be the next coach. Um, I wouldn't turn complete control over to him. You know, the, the other question I had, what are your real thoughts on Fields? I was a huge Fields supporter, and the last few games that I've watched – even though he's been doing better, I just I just think it's time to move on. You think we should keep him uh, as a backup or, or draft somebody, have a competition, or just move on? Curtis, to answer that question, I think we're going to find out in the, the next five games. We've seen him play well. We've seen him play uh, poorly. And I think if the Bears finish this season with a high note and he plays well, there's a chance he could be back. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if he's still struggling with the same things as we see in the next couple of weeks, he's going to be gone. I think it's that simple. I mean, he's executed the game plans the last two games, right? He came back against the Lions, executed the game plan. The game plan was run him a bunch, ran for over 100 yards, didn't have a lot of yards uh, passing. They folded at the end, couldn't win the game. 
the next game against the Vikings, the game plan was, we're going to run a 1,000 screen plays. And that's exactly what they did. And guess what? They won the game. So he's executing the game plan. We went through the stats yesterday. He's improving as a quarterback. Is he improving enough is the question. The completion percentage is up. The sacks are down. The interceptions are down. The touchdowns, he's missed a few games. So maybe those touchdown numbers would be more. Maybe he'd have more interceptions if he played in more games. So I think that truly they're waiting for five more games to finish, and then they'll make their assessment. It's Black and Abdallah on a Thursday night. We'll talk with the Fat Jack coming up next. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. It's Black and Abdallah as we get ready for week 14 in the NFL. The Bears and the Lions will play on Sunday. We'll continue taking your calls at 312-332-3776. Let's talk to the Fat Jack. Here comes the money. Ready to fatten up your winnings? Got something to eat up in there? We home. For the best football picks, give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly! On Black and Abdallah. Here comes the money. Go right now to his website, FatJackSports.com, or call 800-298-1383. Sign up today. Jack, how'd you do last week? Yeah, you know, guys, if and when we lose, I will say that for sure. All right, but we're, we're running along really good right now. Last week was another good week with 5-2-1 and one on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, we won a half a game during Championship Sunday, and we had won. You know, we're setting up great weekends with weekday wins. We had won the previous Monday, won the previous Thursday. Uh, starting and by the way, basketball is on a twenty-three and six run, so it's really been a nice safety net. Uh, basketball four and one this week, uh, going really well. We had the winner Monday night with over the toll in the uh, Cincinnati game, so that was an easy win to get football started off. Got to play going tonight, uh, so yeah, ninety-nine dollars through Monday. Go to FatJackSports.com if you're betting, and certainly if you've never signed up before, just give it. Uh, you should really give it more than a week, but just give it a week, especially during weeks like this. We've been running along. Since since Thanksgiving, guys, if you sign up Thanksgiving Day and just bet $100 on the football selections and play the, what we tell you to play, you're up over $1,500 since Thanksgiving. And we don't ever ask you to play more than the $100. It's not like we're saying, hey, play $1,000 here. We don't do any of that. So if you're, if you're one of those guys that you're losing betting on sports, you can still turn it around this season, but you can't do it by listening to this segment for free winners and then going about your business and losing money every week. So go to FatJackSports.com. The longer packages will not only save you a lot of money, it will consistently build your bankroll. Jack, it's the NFL. It's on tonight, so we're going to watch. If this game was on a Sunday and Chris asked you about it, this would be (laughs) one of the ones that you threw up in your mouth over. But it's our Thursday night game of the week, so... The total is 30-and-a-half, and and the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by six points over the uh, Patriots. This is not one of those. I mean, there are those out here, and I'm sure you're going to go right to them. I'm sure we're going to spend 30 minutes on Army-Navy or something stupid like that, and then you move on to something that nobody wants. But this actually has some trends, guys. If you're going to auto-bet something right now in the NFL, this game offers one of those auto-bets. And I would tell people out there, you got to be real careful about auto-betting. But there's a trend. I talk about this on the TV show this week. When you have tri- when you have totals of 37 or lower in the NFL, so 37 is that key number. Since 2017, those games go under the total 
82% of the time. They're 31-6-1 and one to the under. So 31 out of those 38 times they've gone under, including 1-0 last week, including 3-0 and the week before. That that specific bet has not lost in about a month. I'll say, And the only one that did, it took overtime. So the, this is one of those games that – and it makes perfectly good sense, guys. When you get a total – that let's say they did everybody did the math that knows what they're doing and they wanted to set the the game they said this game's going to have 24 points in it that's all it's going to have what did they do with that total they can't set it at 24 all right because if they do everybody's going to bet the over or they're going to stay off the game and when they do that they're going to be exposed on the total if the total happens to go over because of interceptions or turnovers or something ridiculous they're going to lose a bunch of money the sports books are about getting 50 percent of the money on each side so when they have a game like this that the total is you know might should be 24 25 they've got to set it high enough that they will not only still get a lot of over money or excuse me get some under money but also make it some value with the over as well so it creates this big value gap between what it should be and what the line is set at and that's what you're getting here there are a few of these games going this weekend you've got this one going tonight unders the play by far and you have to get into the details you know new england was the first time where they've given up three uh, 10 points three games in a row and lost all three of those games since 1938 i mean that's literally not happened since you could throw people over the line of scrimmage um and, and so you've got bo- both these teams lead the league or up to the top in unders this year pittsburgh 10 and 2 to the under this year uh, New England nine and three to the under, so a combined nineteen and five to the under. Don't go crazy on any of them, but if you're looking for just a general auto bet, under in that one, under in Jacksonville, Cleveland, under in Houston and the Jets, those three for sure. Depending on what the total does in Carolina and Orleans, that might be another one. This also is a nice way to play some of these crappy games you want to talk about, but also be doing it with an eighty plus 80% win subset that we can actually bet on a side that historically, at least over the last five or six years, has produced a ton of money. So under the total in New England, Pittsburgh. Jack, we're looking locally to the Bears and the Lions, and a lot of people here in town uh, think the Bears have a chance on Sunday, and the Bears are an underdog hosting the Lions. The Lions have kind of struggled, but they continue to win. They're 9-3. and three. How should we play this game? Yeah, you know, this is one of those spots where you've got Chicago that's kind of in the tail of two teams. Uh, defensively, you know, giving up a bunch of points early in the year, and then they played much better lately. Detroit, you know, at times looks like they're lost, and especially in the secondary. And, and so I would agree that they they definitely have a, a chance. Uh, Detroit six and one against the spread, their last seven on the road. But Chicago's been playing very good defense. I think a lot of people would look at this total and say forty two, boy, it doesn't seem like a lot of points. Um, it's because Chicago's been holding teams down, and Detroit is has not been for the most part opening up their offense. Now, they did last week, um, really being imaginative on first and second down. So I would lean toward the under. I think this is one of those what goes up must come down. We got a big output uh, offensively out of um, out of Detroit last week. I think that will probably come back down to reality. So under the total, certainly the best, uh, best play in the game. Uh, as far as the side goes, I mean, it would be hard for me to play either team because Detroit's been so inconsistent. They've looked really good at times, really bad at times in the secondary, especially they've been busting coverages. So if Chicago take care of that, they absolutely have a chance. But under the total is the best play in the game. I feel like there's a ton of recency bias that goes into this game, the Colts and the Bengals. And which recency bias should I go with? The Colts winning four in a row or the <laughs> Bengals winning a game that they had probably no business winning uh, on Monday Night Football? 
Yeah, Indy has beaten a bunch of bottom feeders. Everybody they've beaten is not any good. Go back and look at who they've been com- competitive against. And I do think, you know, Jake Browning, they did a good job of talking about this during the game. This kid is a winner. He comes from winning stock. He was very good in high school, very good in college, and just hadn't been given a chance in the NFL. When he got his chance, and listen, I don't think you're going to get that every week. This is not going to be the rookie of the year, anything ridiculous like that. But we're also not playing San Francisco here. Uh, Cincinnati has elite skill players at all of their skill positions, especially at receiver. Joe Mixon's the real deal at running back. He gets three or four yards even when he's hitting the backfield. So they've got everything around him. Think, think a poor, poor man's version of San Francisco. But if Browning can just – and he was much more than that this last week, obviously. But if he can just be – uh, what Brock Purdy is for San Francisco. This Cincinnati team will not be horrible, and they'll win games exactly like this. So I think this will be one of those after the fact we look and say, all right, well, how good was Indy actually? I don't think very good. I play Cincinnati at home. Jack, you know, not specifically for, for an, a game this weekend, but, you know, something that I was just wondering, like as a gambler, you look at this weekend slate, there's like eight-plus teams are starting backup quarterbacks this week. Does that for you signal something where there could per, there could possibly be like a an edge for you to find in the marketplace or is it just like what we see where it's like oh of course the offense is going to be bad it's going to be crap football and and this is just kind of what we get when we get to this late in the season with so many backups starting. So I always tell people this if your factor if you're handicapping if you do any handicapping at all which means more than just guess or play your favorite teams and then go to Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever. Right. If you're starting with information that sports books know and that everybody knows, you are not doing anything. In fact, you're doing the opposite of what you should do. If, if the sports books know backup is playing, then that information is already baked into the line. It's already factored in. So when you go and you say, well, backup quarterback, he's going to stay, da 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 you're double factoring in information and that's why the general that's one of the reasons why the general public loses a lot more than they win is because you're back because after the sports books value that in their line you general public back factors it into their line so if you can't stomach it creates value with the back quarterback to answer your question mm-hmm. you should if you're going to play games like that especially first time out you should be playing the backup similar to what we had monday night or don't play the game but if you can't stomach walking up to the window and playing some of these backups Look for totals to go under in those games. There might be fewer points, but the defense typically rallies around a backup quarterback. They'll mix it up. Um, and most of these teams, even if they're generally speaking going to not score a lot of points, the defense will play better to keep them in the game. But, but any time with any information that you're able to turn on the TV and find out from every talking head out there, and then you want to factor that into your handicapping, you're doing yourself, that's a losing move. You're doing yourself something that's going to lose you money long term because it's already been factored in the line. A big matchup in the AFC West between the uh, Broncos and the Chargers here. It seems like the Broncos is, I know they lost last week, but I feel like the Broncos have finally figured it out, but the Chargers are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite here. Even though we all know everything about the Chargers at home, this is probably going to be dominated by Broncos fans in a Broncos uh, home game for them in Los Angeles. What do you think of this one, Jack? Like I say this every week. I I hate the Broncos and don't want to bet on them. I think Sean Payton's a fraud mm-hmm. because he, you know he had he had uh, Drew Brees. He was good. Now he's got Russell Wilson. He's back. Listen, the team is is playing better, but th- this is not a team that's willing to be ready to beat anybody good. Now the Chargers good. We're still figuring that out. What the Chargers are, I love these offensive minded gurus who come in and the teams can't score any points. Minnesota, that guy was hired because of offense. 
This coach was hired because of offense. The, the Chargers are nine and three to the under this year. This is not a team scoring points. Uh, they're, they're, and they're, they're playing pretty good defense. Combine that with the fact nine of the last ten in the series when they've been in L.A. have gone under the total. And nine of the last ten L.A. Charger games have gone under the total. Under is the play in the game. I don't want to bet on Denver and betting – I don't want to bet against Denver – I bet on Denver, and betting against Denver has cost money over at least the last month or so. They've covered more times than not over the last month. So I would play under the total in that one, and then I would flip off the game and go watch some golf or something. You know, Jack, I really thought that the Seahawks were a pretty decent team, and, and they're in a really tough spot as far as the schedule goes. Their last two games that they've lost, they lost to the 49ers and the Cowboys. This week, they're on the road against the 49ers. Next week, they have the Eagles. Uh, do, do the Seahawks have any chance to keep this close against San Francisco this weekend? I mean, they can keep it close and still, I mean, and cover, but not keep it close. But pretty good defense. Four of the last five on the road have gone under. Uh, San Francisco, obviously, great at home. This is a little bit of an exhale spot for San Fran after the long trip west. I'm not saying or long trip east. I'm not saying they're going to exhale. It's going to be close. But as long as Seattle can get the ball to Metcalf a little bit, it really opens everything up with them. So I think there's some value in playing Seattle right now, playing against San Francisco, that is by far the highest power-rated team in the league. Um, so I would lean towards Seattle plus the points. Yeah, the Bills take on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They head to Kansas City. The Bills plus one and a half on the road. Kansas City losing to the Packers last week. Is this a good opportunity to jump on the Chiefs at home? Uh, you know, I, I, Chiefs fans are not going to love this, but I do think there's still some value in playing Buffalo in spots exactly like this. I mean, the Buffalo Bills could have easily beat Philadelphia if they don't turn the ball over, they are absolutely in a lot of these games that are a much better team than most of the general public believes. They play good defense on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs team that has been um, absolutely um, exposed offensively, not been able to score points. Chiefs, seven of their last eight at home have gone under. Buffalo, 10 of their last 13 road games have gone under. Buffalo, four and one to the under their last five. Look for it to go under the 48 and a half. And I actually think because of that low scoring game, Buffalo's got a real legitimate chance to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I take Buffalo plus the points there. Jack, you said that a couple minutes ago that the 49ers were the number one power ranked team. And last night we were having a debate between the 49ers and the Ravens. Do you have the Ravens as the second best team in the NFL right up there with the 49ers? You guys know I have the Ravens to win it all. It's yeah. a six-figure payday if they do. And I'll hedge out that at the minute they get in the playoffs. I'm going to go buy a, sprint, a sling from Amazon for Christmas because my arm will be in a third-degree spraying <laughs> at least if they even accept around the playoffs. I got one, by the way. I looked at my tickets, and a couple of them I just bet. I didn't care what they were. I knew they were over 18 to 21. I got a couple of them at 30 to 1. But the hedging, I'm going to make so much money even if they don't. And by the way, all my clients are too. We should say that. It's not just me. Yeah. Every client got Buffalo. Every listener to your show yeah. got Buffalo at 25 to 30 to 1 in the preseason. So the answer to your question, yes, there's a big gap there. I do not believe Buffalo or Baltimore is anywhere near, I think I was saying Buffalo, but anywhere near um, ready to beat Baltimore or to beat uh, San Francisco. But Baltimore is the second or third best team for sure uh, in my power rankings. And uh, I, I think we're going to find out a lot over the next two or three weeks. Miami and Dallas are both potentially 
could be up there in that conversation, but they obviously have to beat some good teams. They've been great against bad teams, really over Dak Prescott's career, and Miami certainly this year. But they both have the weapons to be in that conversation, but we're going to have to see it against good teams, and I think we're going to get an opportunity here over the next month or so to see where they are. But, yeah, I'm not – listen, I'm not, I'm not cashing out my bets on Baltimore to win it all yet. Yeah, Jack, you told us back in August, you were in studio with us, and you told us the team that you're betting on for the Super Bowl, it's the Baltimore Ravens. So you, you had it back in August, and we were having the debate last night because we both have San Francisco and Baltimore as the one, two teams. And I think we both have Dallas and Miami within that top five range as well. And the one team that we kept going back to and trying to figure out whether or not they're legit or not, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, Eagles-Cowboys, a big matchup this weekend. But Philadelphia's played a lot of games where they've been behind at the half and they've found a way to pull it out. Are they as good as these other teams that we're kind of talking about? Yes, Philadelphia absolutely is once they get rested. This has been a brutal schedule for them, especially because I do value what Buffalo is. Uh, This has been a brutal part of their schedule. They played three games in 13 days. Uh, and, and now they've got Dallas in Dallas. That's a really tough. Uh, to answer your question, they're better than at least one of the Miami-Dallas conversation. Now, which one? We're going to find out because, again, I don't suspect both of those teams are good teams. It's easy to be lulled into complacency with some of these teams that have all the weapons like Dallas and Miami. You're saying, well, boys, they sure look good, right. and they're winning this way, and they're, they're really rolling it up. Who have they beaten? Go look at who they've actually beaten. That's why San Francisco is so far away right now, the higher-power-rated team, because they're not only doing it, they're doing it against very good football teams in a way that will prove itself through the playoffs of being very successful. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Philadelphia is certainly not out of the conversation, uh, but they certainly have taken a step back. It just depends on when you talk about these teams and how how uh, high they are. And we're catching Philly certainly in a valley, but I wouldn't say that they're falling off the map just yet. I think that they probably recover here before the playoffs. Jack, if our listeners go to your website and they sign up today, what will they receive on uh, FatJackSports.com? Yeah, $99 for football through Monday. We're going to have about eight or nine plays going on Sunday. That's about 10 bucks a play. We'll have some Army-Navy information, have a play going tonight. Basketball, 23-6 and six run over the last two, uh, two and a half weeks or so, including four and one this week. So very, very strong hoops play. Everything is posted. Everything is documented. Everybody gets exactly the same play, and you will get those emailed to you immediately when you sign up, and you'll start making money, most likely tonight. Go to FatJackSports.com. Sign up through the NCAA football championship game, you get the bowl analysis sheet for free. That's a predicted final score on every single bowl game that's sent out like next Wednesday. So great for office pools, guys who like to play more than just the top plays. You get that absolutely free when you sign up through the NCAA championship uh, game or beyond. Go to fatjacksports.com, sign up today and win this weekend. Have a great weekend, Jack. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, guys. Have a good week. See you soon. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Abdallah, uh, we all right. Bubba, Hembo, Nuno, Nuno, hashtag crew, Nuno. 
We take football very seriously as we head into week 14 in the National Football League. Abdallah, you know what that means. It's time to get Chauncey's Animal Picks. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdallah. Chauncey's Great Outdoors, you can listen to it 6 to 7 a.m. every Saturday morning right here on ESPN 1000. And Chauncey's Animal Picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by Field Shear. And Abdallah, what is uh, Chauncey's record at this point in the season? Chauncey went 0-1 last week. Uh, a poor injury to the Jags. They lose... Uh, Owen Warren. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, no, his uh, yeah, the, the whole team was injured. No, 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 no. The just a, a paw. One of the paws got hurt by the Jags. Paw and, got clipped. You know when you're when you're playing with three paws against a Bengal, you might lose. You Not might get good. clipped there. So he's twenty one and twelve on the year. Twenty one and twelve, still good, Chauncey. Eh, I know, I know, I know. It's just, I got robbed. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, <laughs> you got robbed. I got robbed. <laughs> All right, Chauncey. As we head into this week, our first matchup here on the lakefront. Lions and Bears in a matchup out in the wilderness. Who would win in this one, Lions and Bears? Well, you know, I was at the Booze Brothers thing last night. Oh, yes, with Carm and Waddle. Yes, I had about 15 different people corner me and say, what are your picks this week? i got to know now. I, you you got to listen. Got to listen. You got to listen. <laughs> so apparently there's people listening to you guys. They were all at the, the it's, event last it night. It surprises yeah. us every day, too, it's Chauncey. Surprising. I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprises me that they listen to my show, you know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, listen, you know, the crush on the lakefront, I mean, this is going to be a, an interesting one. I, I think it's going to be a very physical game. And when you put a bear against a lion, it just doesn't get pretty. <clears throat> I think there's going to be injuries out there. You're going to see all kinds of stuff. I, However, I know I'm changing at the last minute, <clears throat> and I changed back, and I went back and forth, but I'm going to have to go with the Lions are going to outmaneuver the Bears wow. on the line. All right, Lions, we got you down. All okay. right, all right. And in your next matchup, there's only two matchups this week, I believe. There's three. three. There's three matchups. Uh, apparently, I'm missing one of them. Uh, you're going. We're going to go with the Colts and those pesky Bengals that got you last week. Right. Well, yeah. I hope somebody hurts those Bengals for me. Uh, don't worry. I've got the uh, the last two teams. If you need it, there. I just realized. I got it. I got him. I got him. I skipped over. Yeah, Chauncey, we got to keep Abdallah on track. I skipped over. You you know how it is. He produced your show, but back in the day, yeah, Yeah, I saw him at five. You know, five fifty-five in the morning. Um, But uh, (laughs) the thing between the Colts and the Bengals, the Bengals, as we've said, you know, they're big, large animals, strong, et cetera, et cetera. It's just that the Colts are going to. They're a faster critter than the Bengal in a long run. And I just think that the Colts are going to pull this one out. Okay. All right. Colts, Colts. got you down. The yeah. third and final matchup there, Abdallah, would be the Rams yeah, and Ravens. Rams and Ravens. Both animals, therefore, they're in this segment. Yeah. Rams, Ravens. Thanks. What do you think, Chauncey? Thanks. Rams, thick-headed critter, versatile, fast-footed, can run down a line and never go out of bounds and all that stuff like that. The Raven, one of the smartest critters. We've talked about it many times before. I think they're just going to outmaneuver the Rams in their gameplay. 
Wow, Ravens pick. All right, so Lions, Colts, and Ravens for this week. Chauncey, what's coming up on the show on Saturday, 6 to 7 a.m. here on ESPN 1000? We have a conservation officer coming on from uh, Wisconsin uh, who's going to talk to us about ice safety because, well, yes, it's 50 degrees out there, but, I mean, northern Wisconsin has ice and halfway down the state, so it's going to get winter and people are going to go out ice fishing, and they just need to know what they shouldn't do and what they could do. And that's what he's going to cover. And then we've got a young gentleman by the name of Jim O'Neill coming on. Uh, I've known him for a number of years. And he's a great fisherman. And he's going to be talking about how he's catching these huge jumbo perch, uh, literally right off downtown Chicago. Really? Yeah. And so we're going to have him on. Uh, Then my grandson, Aiden Fishing Report, he's got his own fan club. And uh, we'll have him on. And uh, we're going to be talking about the great outdoors. Fantastic. Chauncey, before we let you go, last night on the show, I showed Abdal this story. I don't know if you saw it in the paper today, but uh, there's a company that's going to have hot tubs that are boats, and you can get in the hot tub boat and uh, just go down the Chicago River here in the winter. Uh, it's opening up, uh, I think, on the 8th, so tomorrow. Oh, you I see think this? should do this. This sounds like a party. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> should absolutely do it. Look it up when you get a chance. They they look kind of cool. They're they're boats, but in in the middle of the boat is a hot tub. Middle of the boat. Well, I am going to have to do some research on this, okay. and we may have to test it out three or four times to make sure it's proper. Well, Chauncey, you got to wear agree. you got to wear a swimsuit, just so you know. <laughs> not like your usual hot tub excursions, okay? Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. And then and we'll we'll hold back on all the shamu jokes. But uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Chauncey. We'll be listening on Saturday. Thank you, guys. Uh, There he is. (laughs) Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdullah. And Chauncey's uh, Great Outdoors, you can listen to it Saturday morning, 6 to 7 a.m. And Chauncey's Animal Picks brought to you by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. Yeah, get 25% off the entire website, fieldshear.com. Just use promo code ESPN25 at checkout. Winter is coming back. It's like 50 today and tomorrow, but this weekend it's going to be cold. It's stadium approved, so you can wear them wherever you go into see any game. You can take it in, and you're, you, they've got gloves, socks, jackets, uh, the vests, pants, Whatever you need, the whole family, even dogs. They've got dog jackets that heat up. So you go to fieldshear.com and use promo code ESPN25 for 25% off the entire website. You know, a lot of uh, people who give you football picks will give you a lot of different numbers, information. The thing that, that's fantastic about our last segment here on the show is that Chauncey for Bears and Lions is predicting a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. I heard that. I'm going to be like, I hope not. That's not cool. <laughs> what other prediction in sports and in sports talk radio? I think radio, guys are going to get hurt. There's good guys. But look at this game. We got two teams that are going to face off this weekend. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries can take place. It's going to be physical. A lot of dudes are going to get hurt out there this weekend. A lot weekend. of injuries. Okay. Don't worry. A lot of injuries in this matchup. Chris and Romeoville, you're on with uh, Black Abdal. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going, guys? A uh, question for you. Uh, as far as everyone talking about fields, uh, maybe in out. Uh, do you see any way or any reason why not just to pick up the the option on him to see if he could rebuild any kind of value? Something I compare would be like uh, when Drew Brees, he was drafted 32nd. Two years later, they picked up Philip Rivers. 
Uh, do you see a scenario where the Bears would hold on to him just to try to build up any kind of value uh, in a trade to, for a trade? Yeah, I, I also could see a situation where perhaps you hold on to Fields, pick up the fifth-year option, and you draft the quarterback, maybe not number one overall, but somewhere later, either late in the first round or, or in the se- second or third, if you can find a way to move into the second mm-hmm. or the third-round draft pick. I, c- I could see the Bears doing that. Yeah, I could. I, I don't. Um, Thanks, Chris. I don't necessarily know if they'll do it to boost his value, but just kind of see what they have left in Justin Fields and what he would do in a quarterback competition. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt and Streamwood. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? Hey guys, thanks for taking my phone call. No problem. Man. And I, I was listening, you know, today, and I heard about Marvin Harrison Jr. potentially maybe not wanting coming in because of the NIL endorsements he might get. And I've heard about Caleb Williams now uh, past couple of days that he said he's still a game time decision. And now today with Jim Harbaugh with the news that he might have to, you know, he might get $11 million per year. With It just seems to me, guys, that it just seems when the Bears have the chances to get all three, especially on the offense for all three of those people, that when it comes to chance that they just don't want to be there, like they don't want to be with this team for some reason. And it's just, we just don't get the breaks, you know, for this team that, I would just it would just hurt me that if we strike out, it feel, it feel like to me like we're like the 2010 Bulls when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh sure. and that we were just left there with nothing. Like all three of those potentially could be with the Bears, and if we get one, I'd just be happy. But it just seems like to me that we're going to be struck out because that if the Bears are picking number one, that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams and then Jim Harbaugh might, you know just won't come, and that. It just diminishes what we can have with that potential number one pick. So it just seems to me like it just seems like the Bears get no luck when it comes chance when their chances to strike the deals with especially like Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams or with getting Jim Harbaugh to come to this team. Well, Matt, I, I wouldn't worry. I think Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison are both going to come out to yeah. the draft. I, I don't know why they play coy now when it's obvious that yeah. they're both going to come out. I mean, into look, the at, draft, but, look at Marvin Harrison's situation. Yeah, thanks for the call, Matt. Thanks, Matt. His quarterback just entered the portal. His head coach is flirting with the NFL, and he's predicted to go in the top three, and a lot of people want him to go number one overall. Now, Harrison, I think, could be a little bit different situation than Caleb Williams. Marvin Harrison is... His family has money to begin with because his father played in the National does, Football to League. To me, it doesn't so, matter. No, that doesn't it matter. kind of does. That doesn't it kinda, matter. You, it kind of does the, because he was quoted saying today that the reason he would want to come back is they haven't beat Michigan, okay. they haven't won the Big Ten, cool. and he has things he wants to accomplish. I don't believe it. No. But, like, Caleb Williams, he will never make more money than the day that he signs with an NFL team, his signing bonus, being drafted in the first round as a quarterback. The only That's when he's going to make his, his major uh, chunk of change as a young man. You know what I mean? Like, but Marvin Harrison, he comes from a family with money. He'll make his own, obviously. I yeah. can understand a little bit, but he's going to come out. But come his, on. the only thing he can do is lower his draft stock by going back. What, what if he's so good next year? He goes number one. He can go number one this year. Viking Scott, Crown Point, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? Hey, guys, you know, when you guys get young kids, you're a lot younger than I am. You know what's appreciative when you're youngest of four children go out and buy their own car you go with them just to make sure everything goes smooth help mm-hmm. them through the process but it's like an accomplishment in life yeah so, not done with that met the missus out for dinner but oh nice i was thinking the other day i sent you guys donuts carmen you're a cool show thank you so, they're great well, yes but what is your guys cause you guys go around to all fields hence why i like listening when i'm in the car from six to eight mm-hmm. uh what are you guys is your ideal breakfast so like Ooh. mine is a mm. couple sunny side eggs and french toast that's my favorite breakfast I'm okay. just curious from your guys' perspective. Okay, well, I'm a sweet boy, 
So I I like pancakes. Give me a, a cinnamon roll for the table. We'll cut it up and split it up. And uh, I'll take like uh, like some scrambled eggs with that. But I'm most like the pancakes are the star of the show for me. I'm going pancakes all the time. Scott, I'm a savory uh, You're a savory I, boy. Yeah, it's all about eggs. I need some cheese, maybe some avocado. I need sausage, like really good uh, breakfast sausage, bacon as well. And then I have to have toast well done with with like a good butter on the toast. It's simple, but it's perfect. That's what I would go with. Okay, I, I like those. Those are all good yeah. choices. Once again, everybody's got their ideal breakfast, so it's different. But at the same time, like I said, your show's always good because you never know what you're going to hear on the show. The only <laughs> other thing I'll add yeah. is I'm listening to Chauncey, and I said, think about the Raiders-Viking game. If you thought there was injuries in Bears-Lions, what would happen in that game? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. All right, guys, See have Scott. a good night. Thanks for the donuts. There he is, Viking Scott. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, Abdallah, the show is coming to an end. <laughs> Thank you to Sean and to Jake for producing. But guess what? If you think you, you got uh, gypped out on a short Black and Abdallah tonight, uh, you got four hours of us tomorrow. What? We're in for Waddle and Sylvie tomorrow, too. Talk to you then. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Tomorrow. This is Chicago's home for sports.